Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. letter from Paul to Philemon is one of the shortest that we find in Scripture. And it's easy to just flip on by it because we see that it's so short, what could we really get from it? But really, if we go and we dig deep into it, it is really one of the most powerful letters uh, that we will find in Scripture. Philemon is the leader of the uh, church in uh, Colossae, where like, we get the letter to the Colossians. And so Philemon is, is, is leader in that, in that church, um, and um, he owns a slave. Um, and the slave, um, uh, uh, Onesimus, has gone to Paul, has escaped, has left, has fled, has gone to uh, Paul and has begged for Paul to intercede on his behalf. And so Paul writes this letter uh, to Philemon, and he says, hey, wait a minute. If, if, this, if this person that's a slave is your brother in Christ, how can you continue to own him as a slave? Essentially, Paul's saying there seems to be a disconnect between the language that we are using um, in this church, in Colossae, and your actions or your behavior, and he encourages um, Philemon to rethink whether owning the slave is a good idea um, or not. Um, in, in, in the ancient world at this time, a lot of slaves were people who uh, we might call indentured servitude today, like they had wronged the person in some way and owed them a debt, maybe they had borrowed money, uh, you know, maybe they had caused some damage and they didn't have the money to pay back the debt and so they would enter into um, indentured servitude until it was paid back. But oftentimes, um, the uh, rates that they paid uh, these indentured servants were so low that it would take forever to pay someone back. Some of the slaves were, and, and, and there's a lot of thought that that's what uh, Unzimus is, is this uh, sort of indentured servitude, and this is at the end of the letter, Paul's like saying, hey, if, if he owes you some money, I'll, I'll make good, um, even though, and this is like some great passive-aggressive stuff, like even though I'm really old, and I'm a prisoner, but if you really need the money that bad, I guess I'll do it. But it'd be hard to not reflect upon this um, letter um, about slavery and not reflect a little bit about the history of our own country and how slavery was something that was at uh, the beginning um, of our country. And in a similar way in how there seems to be this disconnect um, in our own reflections and thoughts about slavery and the reality of the lived experience. Uh, our own bishop, Bishop Ed, shared um, what it was like to go um, over to Africa and to 
um, as a way of, of sort of exploring the, the, the history of, of slavery in this country. And like being in a church and directly underneath the church is where the slaves were held and waiting until they were brought to America. I mean, you, you think about like, like, like how, do you, how, how do you not get it? And um, I've, I'm, I'm reading this, this new book by Lauren Winter. Lauren um, is uh, an Episcopal priest. Uh, she's a professor at Duke Divinity. Uh, she was raised as uh, an Orthodox Jew, converted to Christianity, became an Episcopalian, and she now teaches. And much of her writing and her teaching has to do with how Christian practices form and inform us. And most of the time, she's sitting there, she's lauding and encouraging practices as a good thing. But in this instance, she says, we need to sometimes think about the practices that we do and whether um, they're actually doing the things that we're doing or do we just sort of use them as a crutch or a shield to sit there and go, see, everything's fine. She talks about um, how she had read the prayer journals of slave owners in the 18 you know, 50s, and, and, and they would write these prayer journals in which they would say, you know, God, please just make my slave obedient. And, and God, why have you forced this, this disobedient slave on me? Just make this slave obedient. The catechism, when they would teach slaves about the Christian faith, contained nothing of the stories of Moses, who had to leave the slavery in Egypt and go into the wilderness in order to to worship God. It talked nothing about the slavery and the freedom that is at the heart of the Old Testament story. It had nothing about the New Testament uh, teachings of Jesus that said that liberation um, is at the core of the kingdom of God. And instead, the catechisms that they were taught was to help me honor my master and mistress to be faithful in my performance of duty to them. Prepare, slaves preparing to work in the field were to petition God that they might go forth cheerfully and thankfully to my work until labor in the evening. They were told to not be slothful in business, but diligent and industrious in the calling of providence that was allotted to them. They were told to deliver, to pray for a deliverance from an indolent spirit. And throughout it, there was this assumption that a good slave was good because they were obedient to God and therefore were, I mean, obedient to their masters and were therefore obedient to God. And Lauren Winter's questioning, like, like how can people pray and come to this point in which she says what we need to do is be reflective and allow the Holy Spirit to come into these practices so that they are transformative for us. And she says it's not just prayer, but Holy Communion and baptism, and a whole host of them. And this is sort of at the heart of what Paul is asking. Philemon, if you're, really a, if you're really a disciple, you're a leader of the church, how is it that you can own this slave still? Why don't you release him because he is a brother in Christ? Paul even says as a slave he is useless, but now as a fellow servant in Christ, he is most useful. Paul's letter confronts the power differentials that exist in this world and blatantly asks us to consider what we are willing to change and do differently as a result of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Scott McKnight, an evangelical author, says that power is not Christian until it is power for, power with, and power unto. Power is only Christian when it is not coercive or forceful. In other words, this letter is asking us to think about the ways in which we operate in this world. How do we live our lives? And in that sense, this 21 verses is some of the most powerful thinking because while we may not um, own slaves today, we may not have indentured servants, there is in fact continually a way in which we have to be reflective about the ways we live in the world. Each of the greetings that we heard today have this as an underlying theme. In Deuteronomy, Moses is at the end of his life. He knows that he's not going to go into the promised land. And he's telling them, look, you're getting ready to go into the, to the land that you've been promised, that we have been wandering for 40 years. You're going to go into a land with foreign idols. So I'm asking you, Moses says, who are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Are you going to choose the God that delivered us out of slavery? Are you going to choose the God that created you? Or are you going to choose the false gods of the land in which you're entering? Jesus asked this question in the gospel. Whoever wants to follow me and does not hate their family... Right? He's not sitting there literally saying you need to hate your family. What he's saying is, is that you need to choose me above all else. What king, he says, does, goes into battle and doesn't sit there and consider whether taking 10,000 people into a battle against 20,000 is a good idea. And he asks us, have you thought about, you who want to be my disciple, have you thought about what it will cost to follow me? Stanley Hauerwas writes that being a Christian should scare the hell out of us. He says it's like on Sunday that we need to rush together here for protection so that we realize that we are not as crazy as we think we are. That we need to believe that God who is reconciling the world in Jesus Christ is not crazy but is in fact the most awesome thing ever. He says that following Jesus is going to make your life weird and we need to get together on Sunday just to be pulled back into the reality of God's kingdom. Grew up riding in the car with my mom and Paul Harvey would often come at the, to tell us the rest of the story. Those of you who are a certain age will remember the rest of the story. So what happened? with Onesimus. Well, Philemon let him go, returned him back to Paul. He goes to Paul, he becomes a student of Paul, and he ends up being a bishop in the church, a leader of a church. During the reign of one of the emperors, whose name I cannot pronounce, he's arrested, and he is brought to trial. He is made a prisoner of Christ Jesus just like Paul once was. He was stoned. And after they stoned him, they beheaded him. Somebody took his body and placed it into a simple tomb. This took place in the year of 109. I guarantee you when, 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 when Onesimus came and asked for his freedom, I wonder if he thought that was his future. 
I wonder how many of us think about what we are willing to stop doing or what we need to start doing in order to take our discipleship even more seriously than we do today. I think it's really important that we don't sit there and think that this is a call to doing really crazy huge things in your life. Sometimes it's just the small changes in your life that you need to start with. But these messages, these words from today's readings are a call for us. That if we say that we are Christian, then it has to show in our lives. It shows in our lives not because we somehow earn God's favor towards us, but because God's favor has been shown to us already. We need to be willing to do anything for the sake of the gospel. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.